Welcome to Ladies Who Launch, not your average business podcast. Dropping every other Wednesday, Alyssa and Dakota are two successful and opinionated marketing entrepreneurs engaging in insightful conversations with industry thought leaders, as well as casual conversations surrounding our lives as entrepreneurs. Welcome back to this week's episode of Ladies Who Launch. Uh, we are recording this today. I'm flying solo. I'm Alyssa, and I am flying solo this week. So um, you're just going to have to listen to me, unfortunately, but here we are. Uh, we're recording this just after Thanksgiving, so I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving in Canada. Um, I know probably for a lot of people it was a little different this year, but uh, I hope everybody had um, a great Monday off regardless, even though as entrepreneurs, those Mondays, those long weekends somehow sometimes don't seem to uh, happen for a lot of us, but I hope people did take some time off. But on today's episode, I am really excited because um, I'm talking to a person who I feel I know, like personally and intimately, like as and I've never met her in person, but I feel that if we did, we would totally be besties. And it's sort of a testament to the power of the internet a little bit. And the fact that um, I feel that I'm a part of her universe just by um, being um, a part of her stories and everything that she's so great at doing on Instagram. Um, we are talking, or I am talking to Charmaine Jennings today, who's the owner and uh, founder of Strategic Charm Boutique, which is a small agency, sort of digital social agency, um, where she helps women in business, which I find awesome, um, focusing on women entrepreneurs, uh, share their brand story and connect with their dream clients and customers online. Um, and she's also the founder and CEO of Hustle and, the Hustle and Charm community, which I think is where I um, found Charmaine originally was through the um, Hustle and Charm community, which we'll talk about as well. Because um, that's actually an online sisterhood of entrepreneurs that across, across Canada that we used to meet in person um, and have sort of in-person events. And now it's more of an online community, which is awesome as well. So joining me today from the thriving metropolis of Winnipeg, Manitoba, welcome Charmaine. Welcome to Ladies Who Launch. Thank you, Alyssa. I'm happy to be here. So how's Winnipeg today? Today Winnipeg's fine. I went for a walk this morning. The weather was nice. Obviously it's getting a bit cooler, but I remember very distinctly that this time last year, we had a huge, massive snowstorm. I remember because I was on my way to Calgary, but I had to turn around because we just kept getting stuck and it was dangerous. So it's very different weather than last year. <laughs> it has been a nice fall. I mean, good grief. We're going to talk about the weather right now. But yes, it has been a really awesome fall. And like from Canadian standards, that doesn't happen very often. So when we get like an extended, lovely, warm fall, we're all very excited about it. Anyway. <laughs> So as I said in your intro, I am super excited because I feel that I know you, even though we've never met in person. And I think I've been following you for a couple of years now on your Strategic Charm Boutique Instagram account, where you're very active on your um, stories and you really kind of give your followers uh, insights into not just your business, but what's going on in your personal life. And um, tell me a little bit about how strategic charm boutique came to be and how you made the decision to kind of merge your personal and professional life on your um, Instagram feed. Absolutely. So with strategic charm, for me, I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur since I was a child. I always knew I was going to build my own business. It was just a matter of what it was going to be. Um, so 
I would say just before high school, I had a feeling that I would be interested in like marketing and public relations. So I went to school for that. I went to um, Red River College and also went to University of Winnipeg and got my degree in communications. Um, so I knew early on that I would have a business, again, related to marketing and public relations. And um, obviously as a kid, social media wasn't a thing. <laughs> so right. as social media became more prominent, and businesses were learning how to adopt it for their business and use it as a tool um, to, uh, you know, build their their brand. I became more interested in social media. So um, with Strategic Charm, I think when I was in college, I solidified my idea of wanting to start my own little boutique marketing agency. And I was... I'm working in the events and marketing industry for a couple of years before deciding that, you know what, now's the time for me to, to finally launch my own business and start building my, my little empire. So I officially launched Strategic Charm about four and a half years ago. And at the time, I actually did focus a bit more on event planning because I was an event planner for a number of years. So um, that was part of what I offered. But it just wasn't the right fit for what I was doing at the time. So when I started my business, I was actually living in Alberta in a very small town called Lac La Biche. And get out. I'm sorry. Get, I was just going to say get out. Lac La Biche. Oh, do you know, do you know it? I've never been, but like Lac La Biche is one of those places that like everybody in Alberta seems to know about. I think it's just because of the interesting name, but yeah, see, you know about it, but you, you probably never been because there's, there's nothing really like, I like my time there, but I feel like it's a place where you pass on by on your way to somewhere else. It's not like, oh, let's go to Lac La Biche for the day or for a weekend, right? It's not what that you, kind What of were place. you doing there? Um, so I worked at the college out there as the event planner. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So I was living there for two years and because I was working as an event planner, I'm like, okay, you know what? Event services should be part of my business. And um, it didn't make sense for where I was and for timing. So um, after about six months into my business, I figured, you know what? Let's leave the event part of it out of it and focus solely on social media marketing. And I decided to focus primarily on Instagram. So that's kind of the, the long short of how that all came to be. <laughs> so why Instagram specifically then? Oh, well, it's interesting. I find like even four and a half years ago, Instagram, I find was, it was booming. It was always coming up with new ways to share content and engage with your audience. And I feel like because it was still a bit newer, especially for business, a lot of people were confused as to how to utilize it to grow their brand and their business. So I figured, you know what, I'm going to learn as much as I can with this platform and I'll teach people how to, um, how to make it work for them. And um, I was still prominent on other platforms. I was using Twitter. I was using Facebook. I was on Periscope. Um, and I think Instagram quickly started... Um, adapting features from other platforms and bringing it to Instagram, right? So I feel the second Instagram got Instagram stories, that's where my business started to grow and really take off because using that platform helped me grow my personal brand. Um, and I was able to help other people use that to their advantage as well. So again, for me, I think I picked Instagram because it was just interesting. It was growing pretty rapidly. There were so many cool and unique features and people were so unaware of how to use it. So I want it to be that, that resource for them. So do you find, I mean, you focus on women entrepreneurs, which I also find really interesting because that's, um, it's something that, I mean, as women, we understand more about than, um, than others in terms of, um, just dealing with regular sort of corporate business. Yeah. Um, 
But did you find, uh, so in growing your brand as Charmaine and Strategic Charm, mm-hmm. that that is what led you to want to work specifically with women and that you could see the the benefit of, of being a prominent woman on that platform? For sure. I think for me, it's like I... You know, I like to to work in my in my my skill set, my area of expertise, and I'm a woman, so I know I know women, right? And I think for me, it was really I felt really empowered knowing that I was a woman who was trying to grow her own business, trying to grow her own empire, especially at a young age where that wasn't something that you saw regularly, right? You didn't see a lot of women going out and starting their own businesses. So for me, um, a lot of my my internal power came from being a woman. So I wanted to use that and empower other women um, to either launch their businesses or or to scale up in whatever way I could assist with. So um, for me, I just want to lift up other women and let them know that they can do this and that there's people behind them who can help them if needed. That's yeah, I, I I'm totally with you on that. Um women women supporting women is what we need more of, uh, not less of in this uh climate. And honestly, and I feel like and I I've worked with men before and I've had some um male clients who were fun to work with, but it's just different. Like I don't get as excited when I'm working um with with men typically, and this is just a generalization, but I just find like women are just like they're just so creative and they're so expansive. And it's just always been like a really fun experience and they have a different mindset and it's just, yeah, it's where I feel the most comfortable, the most, the most lively. And in the last four and a half years since you you started your business, how have you seen the um, women entrepreneurship landscape change, grow? Um, What sort of clients do you, like, are you seeing more opportunity for women entrepreneurs? Are you seeing women stepping up and wanting to be entrepreneurs more so than you did four and a half years ago? Yeah, absolutely. I think, again, part of it is the power of social media. Um, people are, before you were on, for Instagram, for example, you're on Instagram, you're sharing pictures of your food or a selfie or a picture of your cat. That's what you were doing on Instagram, right? And again, it took a, it took a bit of time for some businesses to figure out, okay, how do we use this platform and turn it into business, right? So even while businesses were trying to get on Instagram, People more so were following friends, family, maybe celebrities. Um, but I think a lot of that, like, because influencer marketing is now something that is very prominent, people started following people who had that influence on social media and that connected them to different industries and different businesses. And people started following business more. And the more people started following other people who are starting their own business from scratch or at home, they're like, you know what, maybe I should do that too. Maybe I can do that too. Right. So going back to me being a kid and wanting to start my business, I pictured myself having a big, huge office in the top floor of a downtown building with like a bunch of team members and staff in the building. Because, again, we barely had Internet at that time, let alone social media. Um, And I think before having your own business was it was hard. It was hard to do because you would need a physical location, a lot of startup capital. And now with the Internet and social media, there's just so many things you can start today with no money and grow from there, right? So I think it's a combination of, in the last few years, the way social media has grown rapidly and has added benefit to businesses and having people being able to follow other entrepreneurs and see what they do and get inspired by them. It's it's telling them, hey, you know what? 
I can do that too. Let me go ahead and start, right? So I feel like a lot of the entrepreneurs I've been working with as of lately have been newer to the, the business realm. That's really cool. And I think um, this post-pandemic or this current pandemic we're in, I think has um, shifted a lot of people's thinking in that direction too. And in terms of being able to be more adaptable, um, you're already at home now and you have kids at home. So you might as well work for yourself instead of like struggling to be online every day for your boss, right? And I've noticed that too, even in the last six months of of COVID, how many women in particular have been more affected. I mean, that studies show that that women have been more affected by this pandemic than men. But women are also showing that we are going to come out of this better and ahead because we understand how to adapt to a new economic landscape and a new way of doing business. And I think um, what you've seen over the last four and a half years, I think is going to be accelerated even faster in the next four and a half. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think it's funny because um, with the pandemic, a lot of people, a lot of people lost their jobs. Yeah. Right. So like, okay, well, what do I do? Like I'm stuck at home. I can't even apply for the type of jobs that I have the skill set for. Um, so what do I do? So a lot of people are being at home and like, making crafts and selling them or finally launching their own social media business or doing something to make money. And they're like, you know what, actually, you know, this might have started out of necessity, but I actually like doing this. I like being able to create something from scratch on my own. I like being my own boss. Um, people whose jobs were secure, even still like, you know what, now that I'm home and I'm still working, I'm working remotely, but I have more time to really think about what makes me happy and what I'm passionate about. So let me start with a couple of side projects and see where I can go with it, right? So a lot of people, they if their office is back and operating in person, a lot of people have struggled to go back into the office, not just because they're worried because the pandemic is still going on, but because they've had the taste of, you know what? I've been I've experienced working from home and doing my own thing yeah. and I like it. Right. So now that I have to get dressed and put on my makeup and get into traffic and go to the office and do all these things. It's like they realize that there's a whole other world out there that they're open to and that they're interested in. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I, I've seen it even uh, just from my perspective of um, how many communications professionals have been laid off um, over this time. And I'm getting emails and, and calls from them saying, hey, Lisa, like, can you help me? Um, tell me what I need to do to get started. Or I, I realize I don't, I don't want to go back into communications in the corporate sector, like how I can move this on. So I, I've almost become a bit of a business coach slash therapist these last six months of helping other people start businesses and learn that they can um, uh, be consultants and, and run their own businesses as well. It's been an interesting, um, it's been an interesting time. And we could probably do a whole episode on, on um, the pandemic's restructure as we've all been in. But um, over the last four years, you've probably streamlined and changed your processes a little bit. So can you tell me if I, as Alyssa or Alyssa Berry Communications, was going to come to Strategic Term Boutique as a client and wanted your help, what would sort of be the process that you would guide me and your clients through to get to what they to get to the where they need to be in the end of the end goal. For sure. And for us, so what we do, like we typically help 
business owners in one of two ways. So when it comes to social media, either I'm helping you build a strategy that you implement on your own. Okay. So I, that would look like either us meeting for one time for three hours, we do a session, build your strategy from top to bottom, and then you go off ahead and do it. Um, the next level of that is us working together for like three to six months where we meet bi-weekly and we're still building a strategy, but a bit more in depth, but you're still the one implementing it. Or um, the last step is me building a strategy, but then implementing it on your behalf. So writing your content, sourcing images, scheduling it, potentially doing engagement and things like that. So those are different streams that we, um, we take and work with clients. Um, and I feel the process for all of them is relatively similar. Um, so either way, I'm sitting down and trying to figure out about your business, what are the products and services you're offering, who's your target audience, because far too often uh, when clients come to us, they're like, oh, well, anyone ages 20 to 80, right? Yeah. Like I sell granola bars, so anyone can eat them. It's like, sure, yeah. anyone can eat them. Yep, that's that's correct. That's true. But yeah. who, who are they made for, right? Are they, you know, is it a, a health food product? Is it something that's a bit more, um, like more like a treat? And are you trying to, is there a high price point? Because if you have a luxury item, if these are $10 granola bars, right, you're trying to market to a certain type of person with a certain income level who thinks $10 is a great deal. You know what I mean? So I'm really honing in on their target audience. I'm really trying to figure out, okay, what is your brand voice? How do we want to speak to your your clients, your customers, your audience, and how can we make sure we're translating that well um, on social media and helping you translate that in person too. And then really thinking about your brand imagery. So what do we want to show visually on your, on your platforms, right? Like going beyond just sticking to your brand colors, but what types of imagery really speaks to you and your target audience and what you offer. So there's a whole, there's a whole list of things we kind of take our clients through to get them to a point where they're being, um, effective with their with their online marketing that's really interesting and what is sort of the is obviously you said it's a half day just to to meet with them and then what's the what's the length of time or the process that you would go in creating a strategy for them what does that look like it really depends so again for the for the one time we're doing it together and then they go ahead and they have what they need um with the the next level that they kind of choose how long we're working together, right? So if we're doing it for three months, um, obviously it's not going to be as in-depth as our six-month time together. Um, so that part really depends. But when we're working with clients who it is us doing their social media for them, I always say, you know what? We're going to take three months to to test some things, put some things out there, figure out what process works for, for you and us together. And then within those three months, we're going to start really building in that strategy, right? Because I think a lot of companies, what they do is they build that strategy first and then go full force with it. It's like, well, you spent all this time, hours building the strategy and trying to put it out there, but now you're realizing that certain parts of it aren't working, right? And so instead, we want to put things out there, um, not slowly, but gradually, and then take notes as we go along. And then, okay, you know what? Now that we've done this for 90 days, here's what's going to work for you. So that kind of Yeah, sense? that's really interesting. And you know what? That's actually... Um, it's very ethical. And I think the social media landscape, the social media consultant expert landscape can be <laughs> a bit shady. Um, yeah. Let's be perfectly honest. So yeah. to have someone in that, in that area that is ethical and is going to say, no, we're going to do this and we're going to try things. We're going to, I'm not going to say everything's going to work and all that stuff. That's the whole point of social is that it's quick and you can adapt. So I think probably your clients would say that that's what they appreciate the most is that you're not promising them 
things that can't happen or any of that kind of stuff that it's, it's a relationship and it's, it's, it's about building trust and building results, but not just coming in as some sort of snake oil salesman, giving them all these, like telling them to buy fake followers and all that kind of nonsense. And see, and that's the thing. And most clients really do appreciate that. Um, and for me, one thing you never say is like, oh, we guarantee you're going to get five new clients this month based on our strategy or 10 new clients or a thousand new followers, right? Because again, <clears throat> we don't know what the results are are going to be or could be until we, we have some trial and error. Um, and I think sometimes we'll have like potential clients kind of meeting with us and they're like, oh, well, you haven't really promised me anything. I'm like, and I'm not going to promise you anything. All I'm going to promise you is that we're going to work hard to help you achieve your goals. But again, we have to, that has to happen gradually. And I'm not going to say that you're going to get all these things and then it's going to fall flat. You're like, well, why did I invest all this money and I didn't get anything else promised? But because there's so many marketers out there who are doing that saying, yes, come with us and you're going to make $100,000 in sales based on our social media strategy. We can't guarantee that, right? Because let's pretend I'm like the most perfect social media marketer. I'm not, but let's pretend I am, right? Everything I do is perfect. The images are great. The captions are great. The engagement is great. But there are so many other factors in the success of your business and the success of you getting that sale, right? So let's say I put out the world's most perfect social media posts and it drives that person to your website and they're ready to buy, but now your website's a mess, right? That's where you lost them. And we don't, we don't manage websites, right? Maybe your website is perfect as well, but maybe your, the price point of your product or service is misaligned with your target audience, right? Or maybe they're getting on a call with you and something about your call and your delivery is something that turned them off, right? There's so many different points where you could potentially lose that sale that we have no control over, right? So again, I don't want to promise things that, you know, I'm not managing fully, Right. That makes sense. Smart. I mean, um, that's just a good business uh, practice and um, one that I would think I wish that more people would do. Um, but do you, as strategic charm, follow these same processes? Because I think what I find about you, not as Charmaine, but it, well, as Charmaine, but more <laughs> so as strategic charm, is that you walk the walk. Like your business on Instagram is legit and the way you structure um how you talk about things and how you're presenting your brand and you so to speak um so can you talk a little bit about the how you bring kind of what your process of what you do for clients into yourself and how you bring you as Charmaine to your business because you are the one that does the stories it's your voice it's your face and um and getting and how you get over like well, we can talk about my pathetic um, Instagram in a second. But, um, <laughs> how you become comfortable in that space and being able to sell your business um, to potential clients. Absolutely. I think for me, it's important. Like we, I like to try and practice what I preach, right? So if I'm telling my clients that you should be posting three to five times per week on Instagram, then I'm going to make sure I'm posting three to five times per week on Instagram, right? Because for me, I have the opportunity to use my own social media as kind of like a test, right? So I can kind of try different strategies and tactics within my own business um, to show that, yeah, this is something that can work, right? Um, sometimes it's hard because obviously my clients come first. So if I have a lot of clients and I have a lot of work, then obviously my social media is going to be pushed to the wayside because I want to make sure they're all set up. But for the most part, I really try to emulate what I'm projecting to my, um, to my clients and my potential clients. Um, when it comes to like, 
being personable on, on social media. I think for me, that's what's really helped build my brand is being able to show people who I am, not just as a business owner, but as a person. Right. So before before we hopped on, um, we were talking about my grandma. You mentioned that, you know, I'm really close with my grandma. Yeah. And, you know, that's an, that's kind of an interesting thing to know about me having only followed my my professional accounts. Right. But that just shows that I'm letting people get to know me as a person behind the business, because, you know, I feel we're moving so far away from the days where people are buying from people just because they need that product. I need that granola bar. I need social media services. I'm going to go here. I need whatever. They're really trying to figure out who is the person on the other end of that business? Whose business am I supporting? Do I believe in what they believe? Are we going to drive together? They want to know you as a person. So I make sure to make that a prominent part of of my social media strategy. And that's what I tell my clients to do as well. Depending on their industry, it doesn't fill all industries, but I always tell them that the more you show up and talk about, you know, what's going on with you and your, the life behind, um, the the business owner you're going to get more people relating to right because that's what people want they want to relate to you on a more personal level right so anyone who's in marketing has been taught that people have to have that know like and trust factor before they buy from you right so they have to know you like what you're putting out there like what you're about and trust you enough before they're able to invest and the best way to do that is let them see who you are as a person yeah and i i'm one of those that's the called there with no shoes because my um instagram presence now that was one of my goals for 2020 was to get it started so i've curated a lovely um feed um but my i have such an incredible block about stories and i don't know why because i talk for a living it's not like i'm afraid to be in front of people or a camera or anything but for some reason i have this mental block about why would anybody think this is interesting right and I know that's a big thing, especially because I am my business and I totally like, I mean, all the things you're saying are the things that I say to everyone else, but I don't understand how I can't make those steps. So what would you say to me? Like, just start, like, what is, or like, yeah, get out. Of, I mean, I try to do all those things of like, um, just start talking about, I don't, I don't, I don't know why I have a thing about it, but yeah. <laughs> one for me again yeah the simplest thing i can say is to just start and i think people get in their own heads because we put so much pressure on ourselves to be entertaining and overly engaging and exciting but people like simple everyday mundane stuff right so there's a youtuber that i follow um i've been watching her videos for years and she's based in chicago and my favorite videos of her is her vlogs where she's going to target She's going to Starbucks. She's going to Dunkin' Donuts. She's doing the most basic, boring things. But I'm so intrigued, right? Because now what's interesting is that people really like reality TV generally. And social media kind of feels like reality TV a little bit, right? So when you get to walk through someone's day through their Instagram stories or whatever platform they're on, you feel like you're a part of their life. And um, you learn not just things about them, but with that YouTuber I follow, I'm like, oh, cool. They have this like cool coffee creamer that I would love to try next time I'm at in the States at Target. Or like, it just gives you like little tidbits of information that apply to not always as a business or as a business owner, but just like as a person, which is interesting. And I always tell my clients, like, just start talking, right? If you haven't done your stories yet, just go in, 
plan to do a 15 second video saying, Hey, I'm Alyssa. Um, I'm the owner of this business. I've been doing this for this many years. And then just end it there. Just, just start doing it. It's going to feel awkward. If you watch it back, it's probably going to look awkward, but then it's gone after 24 hours and who cares? Right. right? And I think that's one of the things with stories is that it's not permanent. People have a day to watch it. And then after that, it's gone unless you put it into a highlight and they're on to the next thing. And I think people think, you know, we're going to look foolish or people are going to think that we're stupid or something like that. And maybe they will, but who cares? Like they have other things going on as well. So if they have a negative thought about you for two seconds, it's fine. Like not, we're not for everyone anyway. So it's okay. That is true. I am. A, I'm a lot of people. I'm not a lot of people's cup of tea. I will say that. Um, right. And, and that's the thing. I, I'm sure there's a lot of people who are so annoyed with me because I talk a lot in my stories and I know people are skipping through half of it because it's too much <laughs> and that's fine. Right. That's their choice. Here's my thing though. When you, um, when you're on stories and I think, um, you always have the right angle and you're like looking at the like I always look like I don't know what I'm doing with my camera when I hold my and I don't know if it's because I have short arms or like what my issue is but I cannot get the camera or the phone positioned in a way like what is your tip on that is it holding it up or out what is your camera or your phone tips my phone tips (laughs) and it's funny because I've been doing it for like the second Instagram stories became a thing I've been on it all the time ever since um so I've been doing it for a long time now and I think for me when it comes to the angle I definitely hold I start by holding it up just because I feel like that's my best angle. But then the more I talk, my arm gets tired. So it definitely starts to droop down um, by the end of it because I can only hold my arm up for so long. But usually I have it up and I try and make sure it's not too close to my face because I think I'm cute, but like I still don't want to be super close up, right? So I hold it far away. So there's some background as well. There's like some white space. Um, again, that changes as I talk more because my arm just gets tired. But I start up, I start out, and then that's usually how I feel my my best camera angle. Or once in a blue moon, I'll just prop it up somewhere. So I'll prop it against the window or against the mirror just so it's up and I'm hands free. Or if I know I'm going to talk for a very long time, um, I would use like a little bit of a, a small tripod that I got from the dollar store. Okay. Yeah. I wonder about the the whole tripod thing too. I, yeah. I think that's the thing. I mean, I need to stop complaining and just actually um, test some things. Cause that's my biggest, I don't, yeah. Again, I don't know why I have a thing about it, but, but see also make sure that. And so yeah. my uncomfortable awkwardness um, can alleviate someone else's uncomfortable awkwardness. Well, the thing is to remember that you're, you're the most uncomfortable and awkward to you, right? Cause you know how you want to present yourself. No one else knows what you're thinking in your head, right? So they're going to be happy with whatever they see, but also keep in mind too, I think one one problem a lot of people have is like, oh, I feel weird talking to the camera. It's like, if you think you're talking to the camera, it's going to feel like you're talking to a machine. It's going to come off disconnected and disjointed. Think about you talking to an audience. There's a, there's people on the other side. I see, because I know that you watch my story because I see your cute little face pop up when I look to see you see it. So you're when I'm talking in my stories, you're one of the faces that pops in my mind. I can picture me talking to Alyssa among a whole bunch of other people, right? So think of it as you're talking to a room full of people. Now, depending on who you are, that might scare you even more. Right. <laughs> but you said that you're comfortable talking in front of people, right? So if you're comfortable with that, just picture people on the receiving end and make it feel like you're having a conversation with them. That's a good idea. A friend of mine does, um, and I thought this was a good idea too, she does hers in her car. And mm-hmm. 
one of the reasons is is because she's a, a mom of like two little kids. So yeah. her her coming or going from a meeting and having time in her car is like the one time that she she's with our kids. And yeah. I asked her why once. I'm like, why are why are your stories always in your car? And she's like, um, it's the best lighting. And I was oh, like, yeah. smart. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I used to do them in my bathroom a lot because that's that's the best. Like in the in the nighttime, the bathroom's the best lighting, so I do it there. People can tell I'm in my bathroom, sure. but I'm like, yeah, it's the best lighting. And I guess I could get like a ring light or something, um, but the bathroom works fine during the day. I'm usually on my balcony, or if it's too cold, I am in my bedroom, standing right in front of my window because that natural light is the best. Yeah, um, yeah, that works. <laughs> well. That's that'll be my goal for 2021. Well, now that we're yeah. almost done with 2020, is I will, I will get my. I'll but get my maybe after when this goes live, I will like yeah. post a story to announce this, and then you'll be all Good. proud of me. Do it. Just <laughs> say you know what I'm gonna just do it once a week, just one time a week. Just go on for like 15 seconds or less, just to like get in the habit of it. Okay. Good tip. Good tip yeah. for everybody, Charmaine. Um, <laughs> I think as I said earlier that I think I connected with you through Hustle and Charm because I think I actually roundabout connected with you through Chantel Ambercastle, who's another awesome um, uh, woman, woman entrepreneur. So I think Hustle and Charm is awesome. And I know it was sort of, um, well, obviously it started in Winnipeg because that's where you are. But pre-pandemic, you had already started branching out into other locations and Calgary was one of them. Um, what is your vision of hustle and charm now moving forward i mean i know you've gone online for some events and things but what is your vision for hustle and charm post 2020 for sure so in the next couple months we're actually going to be rebranding a little bit um right now hustle and charm is for women in business to come together to support each other in business but in life as well so we do workshops we do seminars different things that'll be growing business but we also do fun events like we've done bonfires dinners out. We had two years ago, we had a girls night out where um, there was a lot of wine involved and karaoke, right? Of course, karaoke, all the necessities, dancing, Um, because I always say hustle and charm is equal parts business, but equal parts just fun and friendship as well. Because when you're an adult woman, where do you go to meet new friends, right? If somehow you've lost your high school friends or your early adulthood friends because they've moved or have kids or whatever, where do you go to meet women just to have fun with, right? So if you're having a bad day, hey, can we go for coffee or go to a movie or something, right? You know, COVID aside, of course. Um, So I always wanted to make sure that it felt like not just a networking group, but like actual friends. So actually last summer, one of our members got married and two of her, two out of the four bridesmaids she has were hustle and charm members she met the year before. See, that's how close I want people to be. Um, But yeah, so going forward, it's still going to be, there's still going to be a business aspect of, for it, of course, as well. But I want people who, I want women who are not business owners um, to also feel like they can be a part of it as well and to benefit from it, to make those personal connections. Um, we've had a couple of members talk about they want to attend sessions or seminars or workshops that are about, you know, personal relationships, like with your husband or um, partner or whoever. Um, they want to learn about sexual health and things like that. So we want to really turn it more so into a lifestyle group that also deals with business. Um, in terms of where it would be located, I still I still want 
um, it to be a Canadian-based um, community. It's funny, a couple of years ago for April Fool's, I was in California for a conference and I pretended I went out there to launch Hustle and Charm in Los Angeles, which wasn't true, but people were so excited. It was so cute to see everyone excited. Um, but I think for now, I would definitely just keep it um, Canadian and I want there to be, I want us to have an online membership option so we can touch all places in Canada because I did launch into other cities this time last year but in the last year everything has been like so up and down so now we're trying to really focus just on the more local and online aspect it's really cool and you know I think it's that's a lesson um that many entrepreneurs can learn is that just because you do one thing and that's your business doesn't mean that you can't offer other options for people so you can look at hustle and charm as as an as a as a business opportunity, which it is, obviously you, you sell memberships and stuff, which benefits strategic charm, but you're also doing something more holistic for the community. And I think entrepreneurs, as entrepreneurs, sometimes we get too focused on our tunnel vision of growing our business or growing um, our own brand that we can't, we sort of lose sight of the other branches that we can we can grab onto and have those opportunities because I think. Um, whether it's a, whether it's an online sort of lifestyle meeting group for women, or you want to, um, do more sort of training courses or other things. I think we as entrepreneurs need to start thinking outside the box a little bit in other ways that we can benefit our community as opposed to just what we do. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's funny that you mentioned that because I remember one of our members who's still a member to this day, she joined early on. But when I started Hustle and Charm, she thought it was more like a funnel for Strategic Charm, right? So it's a way for me to get clients. And I have had clients who've been Hustle and Charm members um, here and there, but it was more so I just wanted something. Um, I wanted something that was a bit more separate from what I was already doing. And for me, after living in Alberta and coming back to Winnipeg, after just starting my business, I went to a lot of networking um, events to try and meet people and learn more about business. And it just felt too corporate. It felt too stuffy. And like, I do have a corporate side to me, but I felt like I had to put on that personality every time I went to something and I wanted to just be me. So I'm like, you know what, let me try and start something that is a bit more, more comfortable and a bit more casual, but still, um, still meaningful and see if other people gravitate towards it. If yes, great. If not, then I'll try and find my place. But because I can find the type of community I was looking for, I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to make it and see how it goes. So eventually, um, right now hustle and charm is under the strategic charm umbrella, but eventually there will be two separate entities. Gotcha. That is so cool. You're so kick-ass Charmaine. I can't. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so as we get, as we wrap up here, cause I mean, I could talk to you forever. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, maybe our listeners would like to listen to us talk forever, <laughs> but um, tell me three things or three Instagram tips and tricks that um, myself or someone else who is Instagram savvy, but just maybe isn't using it to its potential. What are three things that we could start doing tomorrow on the platform that would be beneficial? Hop into your Instagram stories. <laughs> oh, that's sure number man. one. That's number one for everyone. And when I'm and when I say hop into your Instagram stories, again, I mean you personally. Like we want to see your face, we want to see your mannerisms. 
hear your voice. We want to see that on a, at least a semi-regular basis. So if you're not doing that yet, that's number one. <laughs> um, and then number two things to really just be consistent with when you're putting out content, right? So consistency doesn't mean daily. So I'm not saying you have to post seven days a week, but if you're going to, if you can only post three times a week, then post three times a week, right? So social media is not the be all end all, but you're not going to see much traction if you're posting once this week and then not for a couple of weeks, then once in November, like you want to keep it consistent. And then the third thing is to really focus on your engagement, not just the engagement that you're receiving, right? Because we all want to get comments and likes and DMs. Um, so not just responding to engagement, but actively engaging with your audience, right? So look at the hashtags you're currently using, click on some of them and go ahead and like some posts from other people, follow some new people. People, comment on their posts, quality comments. So not just like way to go or good job, but like reference something specific about their caption or their image or their platform as a whole. Um, because in order for people to take interest in you, you have to take interest in them too. Well, social media should be social. Should it social, be? exactly. Make it social. <laughs> well, I, as I said, I could talk to Charmaine um, forever and I just... I need a trip to Winnipeg um, just for some Winnipeg love. So I hope um, at some point that can happen post pandemic when I want to get on a plane or something. Um, but I will <laughs> say like my dad's from uh, Nipawa. So I'm a oh, nice. Manitoba girl. I always go there for my grandparents. My grandparents farm um, outside of uh, Nipawa, Franklin, yeah. whatever for summer. Yeah. So I have a soft spot for Manitoba and Winnipeg. It's such a great place. And I really appreciate um, your time today, Charmaine. I think you're super helpful. And all of Charmaine's um, links and all that good stuff to get a hold of her will be in the show notes. And we'll be sure to um, connect anybody if you want to leave us a or send us a DM on um, Ladies Who Launch. We'll be able to connect you to Charmaine as well because she is awesome and she doesn't just work with Winnipeg people. So if you're anywhere on the planet right now listening, um, feel free to connect because she, especially as a woman entrepreneur, um, she's awesome. So thank you, Charmaine. And um, go strategic charm boutique thank that you was, that was my lame that was a lame <laughs> i liked it it worked it worked <laughs> anyway thank you and um we will uh hopefully chat soon I, you will see me on stories at some point i will leave it with that yes i will see you on there this week i'm very excited <laughs> this week week yeah. it. <laughs> you said what can people do today tomorrow okay. this week so your people <laughs> <laughs> I walk into my own problems, don't I? Yep. <laughs> anyway, thank you. And uh, thanks for being on uh, Ladies Who Launch. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to Ladies Who Launch. Join Dakota and Alyssa every second Wednesday for more conversations and interesting guests. Be sure to give us a five-star rating and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. If you send us a question, we may answer it on a future episode. 